Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Nina. And you're listening to Slice Slice of Murder. Murder. Welcome back to Slice of Murder, episode 22. Happy President's Day. We're recording this on our day off, thankfully. Yes, so you'll be hearing it one day late. Yeah, but still happy President's Day, you know, because they gave us the day off. We love that. So, (laughs) I'm very appreciative. All right, so let's start with our rose and thorns. Yeah, okay, so I guess my, I'll start with my rose. My rose from the past week was that we had testing on Thursday and Friday, so I kind of just got to sit there and, like, monitor everybody, but, like, really not do a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And I think that they did well on their test, so that was good. Oh, that's good to hear. So that was my rose. What about you? Uh, My rose is probably... Oh, on Saturday, I got to spend Valentine's Day with some of my coworker friends. That's fun. So that was fun. Yeah. Even though it was a little bit late. It's okay. <laughs> the sentiment still counts. Yeah. And then my thorn is probably that we are to the end of our three-day weekend. I know. I honestly just dread the day right before. I know. I feel like once... Or Monday. Yeah, and then, like, once you go there and, like, you get there, like, it's not that bad. It's but, like, not. it's just, like, the leading up to it that is, like, painful. Like, mm-hmm. I do not want to think about it. Like, I texted my coworker yesterday and I was, like, honestly, like, three-day weekends feel, like, so much more sustainable because I feel like on regular weekends, it's, like, the entirety of Sunday. I'm just dreading the next day, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, you only really have one day to relax. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I feel like waking up this morning, I was like, oh, I have to go back to work tomorrow. I know. <laughs> so that was not fun. Um, I guess my thorn was, well, I was looking at the weather today, and I guess this is a thorn for the next week, but it also counts because I was unhappy today. Um, it's going to be, like, raining for, like, 80% of this week. Uh, did you know that? I actually did see. I just, like, blocked it out of my memory. I, know. I like, It's like, that's we- not going to happen. I, like, opened the weather, and I was like, oh, my God. It's, like, raining, like, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like, and it's, like, 90% on all of them. Honestly, I hate rainy days when we're at school. I was like, oh, my God. If I'm going to have an indoor lunch, no, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I need my break. I know. It's just, like, so much, you know? So, whatever. But that, I guess, was my thorn. Just the upsetness that I felt when I was looking at the weather app today. Yeah. I feel that. (laughs) But hopefully it'll change within the next day. I know. But apparently it's, like, a super mega storm. A cyclone? No. (laughs) No. It is for us Californians, so... We like, just exaggerate. Like, like it's like a whole like countrywide like storm. Like, it's oh like, really? Yeah. Like I was reading something today, and it was like, oh, like it's gonna be super snowy like up in the Pacific Northwest, and then it's gonna be like super snowy in like, the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Well, and then hopefully here we just this get is rain. the last of it, and it clears up soon. For maybe spring. maybe we'll get 
snow and then we'll get a snow day. Oh, also my <laughs> other thorn of the week is something that didn't end up happening, but it could have happened. We got an email on like Thursday night that was like, oh, you you have no Wi-Fi at school. Oh. <laughs> I was really freaking out because I was like, what am I going to do? Like with no Wi-Fi, I can't print anything and I can't tell them to do anything on their computers. Yeah, so, that's honestly chaos. That was almost a disaster. It didn't end up happening, but I feel like I was very stressed that it would happen. Yeah. But they fixed it, which was good. That's good. Because you also had me scared. So I was like, they didn't yeah. tell us anything, but... I know, what if? What if they're hiding it because they want us to come to work? I know, I was like, I wonder how many people are going to call off. Like, I really wanted to call off, but then it's like, but then what was I supposed to write for subplans? Like... It's easier to, like, yeah, it's, like, easy, but they can't even print out a coloring oh. page. Like, that's the issue, you know? So, I didn't, but I was, like, I wonder how many people are going to call off tomorrow. Anyway, so, yeah, that was my thorn of the week. My well, two. thanks for sharing that. <laughs> and so, for our treat this week, we have Trader Joe's cinnamon cookies. They're like the JoJo's. Yeah, the JoJo's, right? Yeah. I liked them. I gave them a 7 out of 10. I like the chocolate ones better. You know, like the full oh, chocolate ones? Yeah, I don't like those. Like, I like the <laughs> holiday ones, like the peppermint ones. Those are my favorite ones. They've also had, like, pumpkin spice I ones. haven't tried I've, those. Yeah. I But I like the peppermint ones the best. Mm. I like these a lot. I give them a 9 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. They are pretty good. All right. All right, let's go into today's case. I don't know if you've heard of it, but we're going to be talking about the fascinating case of Patty Hearst and the notorious Stockholm Syndrome. This is a story of a kidnapping, brainwashing, and an heiress-turned-bank robber. Everyone wanted to know one thing. What side was Patricia Hearst on? I have not heard of this. Really? Yeah. So this case took place in the 70s. Okay. So it's a little bit different than what we've done because it's it's like a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More of a happy ending yeah. type. Which is good because our last episode was, you know, a tough one to cover. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so on February 4th, 1974, at around 9 p.m., Patty and her boyfriend Stephen were both cuddled up on the couch watching TV. They were not the typical Berkeley students. Most Berkeleys were out protesting their political ideas. Meanwhile, Patty and Steven were just relaxing. They're all ready for bed. Yeah. Uh, Patty was actually in her nightgown when suddenly they hear a doorbell ring. They were not expecting anyone. Steven goes to open the door when they noticed a young, blonde, slender woman standing at the door. I'm sorry, I backed up too quickly, and I think I backed up into your car, she says. Can I come in to use your phone? Like, Patty quickly, like, turns away from the door. She's like, I don't want to deal with this. She's uninterested. When suddenly two men with guns make their way into the apartment. The blonde woman reaches for Patty's arm, and Patty screams. The woman quickly puts a rag in her mouth and blindfolds her. Hearst's fiance was beaten up, tied up, and left helpless. Patty quickly realized this was not a robbery, but a kidnapping. That's so scary. Yeah, I think I just think about when we hear a random That's why we never answer like, the doorbell. doorbell. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not expecting anyone. I'm not opening the door. 
That's why, like, I literally hate answering the doorbell. Yeah. It's yeah. so scary. Um, so, this was the 70s, a time when political conservatism was on the rise. This was during the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. There was women's liberation and environmentalism movements. And along with the Watergate scandal, which ultimately led to the resignation of Richard Nixon in 1974. So the 70s were a time of social, political, and cultural changes in the U.S. Many Americans were advocating equality, transparency, and accountability in government and society. Some groups were more intense than others. So the SLA, the kidnappers, were Mm -hmm. a group of armed radicals that build themselves as a Siambanese Liberation Army, or SLA. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep calling them SLA for short. The kidnappers were members of a left-wing guerrilla group whom the FBI later identified as a terrorist organization. The organization had grown from some leftist students from the University of California, Berkeley, who were pushing for a prison reform and would go to prisons and tutor inmates. They were led by criminal Donald DeFreeze, and the SLA wanted to wreak havoc in order to go against the U.S. government and destroy the capitalist state. Mm -hmm. So why did they snatch Hearst? So to get the country's attention primarily, and Hearst was from a very wealthy, powerful family, So let's talk a little bit about Patricia Hearst's background. She's more commonly known as Patty Hearst, was born on February 20th. So today's her birthday. She's still alive. That's crazy. Yeah, I think she's 70 today. Okay, wow. Or no, 69, actually. Happy birthday, Patty. Yes, happy birthday. So that's she was, actually really weird. I know. I was. I realized it when I was typing in her birthday. I was like, wait, that's today. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so she was born in San Francisco, California. Patty Hearst was into one of the was born into one of the most influential families in the U.S. Her grandfather was William Randolph Hearst. He was the founder of the Hearst Corporation, which still owns several newspapers, magazines, and television television stations today. Yeah, I feel like I do remember yeah. learning about that. Like, I feel like that was a very big name in, like, U.S. history, you know? Like, I feel like that was, like, whenever I think about, uh, whenever I think about history classes, like, the, because that was during the, what, like, late 1800s, early 1900s when he was, like, really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, like, a huge, I feel like, time for, um people like that like the railroad owners and like the newspaper owners what are those called not like monarchies monopolies oh yes yeah yeah Yeah, so that was her family and her great-grandmother was a philanthropist phoebe hearst the family was associated with immense political influence and a position of anti-communism since before world war ii Mm -hmm. patty's parents were randolph hearst and William Randolph Hearst's only son, and Catherine Wood Campbell, a model and socialite. Patty had four other sisters, including identical twin sisters named Victoria and Annie. Patty's life growing up was full of luxury and privilege, as you probably mm-hmm. can imagine. She attended private schools, including 
the Santa Catalina School for Girls, so an all-girls Catholic mm-hmm. school, a prestigious boarding school in Monterey, California, and the Menlo School, a private high school in Atherton, California. Patty spent summers at the Hearst Family Estate in San Simeon, California. And I don't know if you've heard of Hearst Castle or Hearst Mansion. No. It's, like, actually up north, and you can go in and see the castle. that's pretty cool. Have you been there? No, but I've seen pictures, and I've known people that have gone there. Yeah. They say it's, like, really pretty. That's cool. You can see, like, the pools and all the rooms. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. That's when I connected the pieces of, like, who the Hearst family was. So, she spent her summers here. She was an accomplished equestrian competing in horse shows and events throughout her childhood and teenage years. So when she attended Menlo College in Atherton, California, she then decided to transfer to the University of California, Berkeley. Mm -hmm. And at the time of the abduction, she was a sophomore at Berkeley studying art history. And she lived with her fiancé, Stephen Weed, which that's, her parents did not approve that's of. It's crazy that being engaged as a sophomore. Yeah, she's only 19. That's like my sister's age. I'm yeah, my super sister young. was like, I'm getting engaged. No. <laughs> what would you say? I'd say no. <laughs> You're, You're not. Too young. <laughs> yeah. She probably doesn't have any, just realistically, she doesn't have time for anybody anyway. <laughs> so. Right? Like, how do you have the time when yeah. you're in college? Like, I feel like that was such a busy. I was just so busy, like, just doing so many random things. Like, how do you have time to get mm-hmm. engaged with somebody? How do you have time to plan a wedding? Like, that is exactly, nuts. Exactly, yeah. So, she kind of rebelled against her family, because mm-hmm. her family did not approve of Stephen. First of all, because of his last name, Weed. <laughs> really? Is that a, yeah. Was that a real yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> And he wore jeans, which the family, like, you could never, you'd never see them out and about wearing jeans. Yeah. I mean, he could change his last name. What is yeah. his last name? <laughs> <laughs> that is too funny. And, I, that's so funny that that is, like, a legit reason. <laughs> and he was actually a teacher at her old high school. He was in his 20s. Oh, that's a so little that, Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty creepy. Yeah. So I can see why they did not approve of Wait, Stephen. Did he go to Berkeley though, or no? Yeah. Oh, they he was just like a late. Berkeley. He just went later. Yeah. In life. Okay. So, Patty Hearst and her fiance were both, like I said, in their apartment when the kidnapping happened. So Patty was thrown to the trunk of a car. And she felt the car moving. Not much longer, she heard sirens getting louder. And she felt a sigh of relief, thinking, like, they're finally going to come to my rescue. So she started kicking the trunk. Um, But after a while, she no longer heard the sirens. And the car continued driving. And it kept driving for what seemed like hours. Like, she wasn't sure if it was an Mm -hmm. hour, three hours. Yeah, I feel like sometimes in that situation, like, you lose track of time. Like, you don't, it doesn't really, like, it doesn't really follow, like, a linear pattern anymore. Because I feel like you're just so, like, you must be so just in a state of, like, panic and shock that you can't even, like, comprehend 
Yeah, like, what's the going timeline on? timeline of, like, what's happening. I always think about that. I'm like, how would I count the time mm-hmm. when I don't have any, like... Like, a phone or a clock? That really freaks me out, honestly. Like, I feel like I have to be sleeping in a room, like, that has the time in it because if I wake up like in the middle of the night or in the morning like I have to know what time it is so I feel like that would really freak me out yeah especially when it's still dark but it could be anywhere from 4 a.m to like or 11 p.m to 4 a.m yeah like you're not really sure yeah so she wasn't sure and later Patty found out that the sirens were actually from a routine traffic stop And the police noticed that the car she was in did not have their lights on, but let them go. There is so many stories like that. Like, I remember when we were, I was listening to one case. It was like, I think it was Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, they stopped him and he had like a body in his backseat or whatever. And it was just like all these things. Like, they just stopped him because of a Mm -hmm. routine traffic stop, but they didn't check the car. Like, nothing. nothing. Like, they're just like, let him go because... Or was he also the one who the cops showed about their house and there was, like, a, like, boy in there or something? Yes. Like, things like that. they just let him off with a warning. Yeah. That's so crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there is a lot of stories where this happens, where there's, like, you think you're so close to getting saved or they're so close to being caught and they just let you go because either you're good at talking to them Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, they just didn't know... About the incident Mm -hmm. that had occurred back in the apartments yet. Uh, But the police soon found out about the kidnapping. But it was too late already. Like, they had already let them go. Obviously, they don't... He doesn't... Like, the boyfriend doesn't know what their car looks like. You know, like, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Like, they can't check every single car. Like, they probably would... Even if they had found out about this, like, before, like they probably wouldn't have been like, oh, your lights are out, so we're going to check your whole car. You know, like, it probably, it just is, like, weird that they stopped that car when there was something going on, Mm -hmm. you know, but. I know. They just were too early. Yeah. Uh, Patty was still blindfolded and was taken to what seemed like the middle of nowhere because she can no longer hear the city noise. Like, it Mm -hmm. just felt quiet and it smelled very earthy. Uh, Patty is afraid that she's about to get killed, but instead she's thrown into a closet. And they refer to her as, like, a princess. And she feels... um, old smelly mattress on the floor and she lays next to it sobbing and panicking not sure what is going to happen next Mm -hmm. and inside the Hearst mansion nobody is getting any sleep the inside of their mansion is like any other FBI scene there's like maps laid out everywhere Mm -hmm. like papers people waiting by the phone for any updates like they're waiting to get a ransom Mm -hmm. letter or a call But nothing. The FBI knows this was an act of the SLA because the bullets that they found at the scene were covered in cyanide, which were similar to the ones that this group actually used to kill the super, the San Jose superintendent Mm -hmm. um, just a few months back. Interesting. Yeah, so that's just how they knew, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I don't know, I just feel like bullets are already 
deadly. Yeah. It's like, and they're covered in Why would you need to do something else yeah. to it? Yeah. I think they wanted people to know, like, like, this was them. It was, like, a calling card, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, they wanted to be... Yeah, because I guess if you are a political organization, like a terrorist group, you want acts to be associated with you because you obviously have some sort of, like, clear goal in mind. And it wouldn't really help your goal if nobody knew it was you that was like doing those things you know like you Mm -hmm. want I guess you would want to claim certain acts as like done by you and your group yeah yeah so on February 7th three days after the disappearance they sent out a letter to a local radio center and then the FBI gave it to the family so Mm -hmm. they were saying that they have the target Patricia Hearst. She was the daughter of Randolph Hearst, and the corporate enemy of the people. And if there's any resistance, she will be executed. So they don't really say where to get her back or anything. Mm-hmm. It's more of a press release. Mm-hmm. They want the family to release it to the media. Right. Just right. so like everybody knows and takes it as a warning. Yeah. But the FBI is saying, like, don't listen to them. Don't feed into that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the family's like, well, we don't want them to hurt our daughter. We're going to do what they say. So they immediately distribute it to their family media connections, Mm -hmm. of course, because they own, like, most of the media. I feel like that must be so hard to, like, um, grapple with if you're, like, the family and you have somebody that's in that situation because it's, like, yeah, on one hand, it probably wouldn't help the investigation or it wouldn't help like the officers trying to actually find your kid to have like mass panic or whatever Mm -hmm. like release all this stuff to the media but then it's like on the other hand you're gonna do literally like whatever it takes to save your kid and it's like you're not even necessarily worried about like finding the people who did it like you're more worried about finding your daughter like alive and well so I feel like it's like must be a very difficult thing to fight between like what's best for the investigation like And then what you think is best for, like, getting them back alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. so they have very different ideas of both Mm -hmm. of that. And five days later, later they send a tape. So SLA sends a tape with Patty saying she's okay. She has a few scrapes, but she's not being starved or beaten. So Mm -hmm. she's kind of telling them to calm down that she's okay. Which is, like, reassuring to the family. Yeah. So now to the ransom note. So the SLA demanded that the Hearst family give $70 worth of food to each Californian in need, and they only have one week. Wow. So, like, in all of California. That's crazy. How would they even check that? Right? Like, how would you even, like, go about fact-checking that information? Yeah, I think they're looking at people below the poverty line. Mm-hmm. And calculating it that way. So after the calculations, they came to the number of $400 million is what they needed in, to make this happen. Yeah. Which is about $2 billion today. That's nuts. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And Randolph actually did not have as much accessible wealth as people might have thought mm-hmm. he did. I feel like a lot of those like uber wealthy people, a lot of it is tied up in the stock market or in real estate or things like that like I feel like it's very rare that you just have 400 million dollars sitting in an account somewhere like Mm -hmm. that 
I feel like they know that you don't get richer just by having money in an account. Yeah, you get ha- like exactly. you get richer by like investing, investing. It in things. So like, yeah, I feel like that's a very common misconception that people would have is like, oh, he can just easily pull it out today. Like, it, I feel like it would take a lot longer. Yeah. So this was exact exactly what. Um, Randolph's parents had done mm-hmm. they put the money in a trust mm-hmm. with a money manager so Randy even tried to sell the house recently mm-hmm. because he could barely afford it yeah but like what he actually had yeah because his parents didn't really trust him with all that mm-hmm. money which you probably wouldn't like I feel like you would yeah that's a it would be hard, hard to trust like your kid not to mm-hmm. like this is American ro- royalty you can say at the time yeah yeah then yeah yeah so randy knows it's impossible to acquire 400 million dollars but he's still going to try to get as close to it as possible mm-hmm. in hopes that the captors appreciate his efforts well, <laughs> at least he didn't give think. up <laughs> yeah. so randy leaves a message for patty and the captors coming up with a counter off so Okay, I'll explain that again. Randy leaves a message for Patty, mm-hmm. kind of saying, like, oh, I can't come up with that money, kind of lowering yeah. their standards, and trying to offer a counter offer. Yeah. And Patty replied with, that's okay, just do as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And he was able to acquire about $2 million that from the money managers and the Hearst mm-hmm. Foundation. So he convinced the Hearst Foundation to let him have a, about like a million mm-hmm. or 1.5 to acquire the $2 million, which right. is still very far from the, the $400 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. And on February 19th, um, Randy announces in just three days that he's ready to feed the 100,000 families it's like okay i'm ready how is this gonna work like logically how would that work they would just come to your house so they would just line up outside your door and you're giving them like a bag full of items like i feel like that so they set up a location Mm -hmm. so they were gonna have a bunch of like food trucks i see for the families and the sla sent a tape saying the amount was not enough he said randy was just gonna force families to fight over the food among themselves mm-hmm. only giving the two million dollars and um right when it happened more people than expected were there for mm-hmm. the food yeah so it actually imagine. turned into a disaster so yeah. someone from the crowd snapped and started throwing glass bottles at the drivers because yeah. they were getting impatient yeah they were not getting their food I feel like things like that always are kind of destined for chaos. Like, if there's no regulation and there's no planning involved, like, how this is going to work out and, like, who is supposed to go where to, like, make sure there's enough for everybody at that specific location, like, it's not going to work out. Like, it's just not. Like, there were so many people there, the cars couldn't even get in, like, the food trucks. Trucks, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's caused people to get angry mm-hmm. and the boxes were opened and thrown at the crowds like they were throwing food everywhere and randy actually bought like steak and like shrimp 
like he went for quality over quantity Why? which is like, <laughs> like okay. i don't think they even need that like no. <laughs> i think it's better that they have like rice and right because and... that kind of stuff lasts for a long time yeah. Who wants shrimp? If I was there and I got shrimp, I'd be pissed off, let me tell you. I would not be happy. Yeah. Well, these people are not happy regardless. (laughs) It's probably because he fed them shrimp. And they're getting shrimp thrown at them. Who wants to be hit in the face with a bunch of shrimp? Not me. This is kind of... I don't know. He probably thought this was a great idea. It It was so out of touch. It does. It, It seems very, like... Like, oh, you know, these people really appreciate some good, some good quality, like, like meat and stuff. But it's like, then he's obviously not thinking, well, do these people have the facilities to store this for mm-hmm. multiple days? Do these people have the facilities to, like, cook this? You know, like, do these people have, um, like, many people in their family that they would probably benefit more from, like, a 25-pound bag of rice mm-hmm. that's probably the same cost is the steak like yeah probably like you're not gonna you're gonna get what one meal out of a steak Mm -hmm. like if that if you're trying to feed a full family like it just doesn't make a lot of sense yeah Yeah. so it just seems like he's thinking from it about it from like a very privileged Mm -hmm. kind of way like oh this is what i would want for dinner so i'm gonna feed them like okay like you (laughs) probably haven't ever had to work in your life like (laughs) like here's caviar lamb like all the delicacies yeah so riots occurred at the distribution location injuring many and leading to multiple arrests Mm -hmm. so randy immediately knew he failed like they're watching as this played out on television and he was really scared now that this cost him patty's life yeah so patty also knew about this and she was awaiting her death sentence Mm-hmm. But instead, uh, she befriended two of the members of the SLA group, Angela and Willie. Mm-hmm. So Angela would love to talk to her about her boyfriend, and they both treated her like a human. They gave her a small TV so that she can watch mm-hmm. inside the closet. They would even take her blindfold off and let her like come out of the closet at times. Um, So Sin Q was the leader of the group at the time, and he was more like trying to play mind games with Patty during Mm -hmm. the time. He would scream at her when her parents couldn't come up with all the money. Like it's her fault. Yeah, Yeah, right? Like, she probably, like, has no idea that her parents don't have that much right. money I feel like accessible to them. She like, probably she's still grew pretty up young. so, like, sheltered, too, yeah. from that kind of stuff. And it's, like, if you grew up around that much wealth, like, going to all these expensive schools, like, going to all these houses that your family owns, like, you probably think that it's, like, like how a kid thinks of, like, mm-hmm. being rich is just, like, having a bunch of money. It's, like, she probably just thought, like, her parents could pay for anything at any time you know and not really conceptualizing how much like 400 million dollars like really is yeah yeah and sin q whispers to her about the fbi to try and frighten her he says that the fbi can bust in at any minute and kill them along with patty kind of saying like they don't really care about you Mm -hmm. like if you're here you're gonna Mm -hmm. die anyway so he'd say, like, pray they never find us, he said. Mm-hmm. So he's making her scared of the wrong people. Right. And everyone in the group t- 
talks about this raid day and night, so mm-hmm. it's kind of ingrained in her at this point. Yeah. And they even give Patty a gas mask just in case. Mm-hmm. And Sin's plan is working. Patty has no idea who to trust anymore except her father because she knows that he's trying to help her and just do everything he can. Mm-hmm. But later, Patty sees her father making a statement on TV. Her father says that the matter is out of his hands, and from now on, like, the media person, Charles, will be in charge of talking to the media. They will either take the offer or leave it. Like, he's done negotiating with them. So... This causes Patty to be very heartbroken. Right. Almost saying, like, yeah, yeah. they gave up on me. Yeah, that's really hard. That's actually really sad that she had to hear that and Mm -hmm. that, you know, that he said that. I mean, obviously, he was probably, like, it it was probably some sort of tactic for him to say that, like, whether that was a media tactic or, like, a police tactic or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, encouraging him to say that, but, like, still just to hear that. Like, I'm sure personally he didn't, like, give up trying to find her, you know? Like, I'm sure, like, that was never, like, a personal thing Mm -hmm. for him. But, like, it's still, it's still really sad that she had to listen to that. Yeah, like, he probably knows he can't come up with any more money. Right. Like, he doesn't have a choice. Right. But just stop negotiating with them because he knows they're only going to ask for more Mm -hmm. at this point. And then they're kind of, like, playing with him, saying, like, oh, do this, or just do one more thing, you know? Like, he doesn't want to get caught up in that, but I just feel like Patty, all she hears is, like, oh, I don't care, yeah, yeah, Yeah. like, I'm not going to fight for you anymore, Mm -hmm. which is probably not true, it's just, like, a different way, they're probably trying to take, like, a new tactic, like, a new approach to trying to figure, find out, like, find out where she was, but, yeah, and combined with, like, the fact that they're already trying to brainwash her against the police, I feel like this is just making it easier to do so, like making it easier mm-hmm. to get her on their side. Yeah, and it's obviously working. Mm-hmm. So her family stops negotiating, and she now thinks that going home is no longer an option for mm-hmm. her. Like, she thinks she's going to get killed by the FBI. Right. Or, like, her her family doesn't want her back. Yeah. So she made the decision to try and win over the, the leaders in Q. And so she decided she was just going to start agreeing with everything that he said and show interest in the SLA organization mm-hmm. and their ideologies. Right. So like any time he would go in and tell her about these ideologies, he would, she would just say like, She'd be like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's great. Like, yeah. you're teaching kids how to shoot. Right. Awesome. Yeah. So he says that the group is going to change the world and start a revolution. And she starts requesting books to read about, like, in the closet. Mm-hmm. And she reads about their wild theories and uses the, uses us to get closer to them. Mm-hmm. So she's... She can now be part of the conversations. Right. Because before this, she didn't really know what the SLA group was. Right. And if she wasn't ever interested in, like, the political side of things before, Mm -hmm. she probably wouldn't have ever even been exposed to that kind of discourse. Like, I mean, like you were saying, like, 
her classmates at Berkeley might have been interested in that side of things and may have had more exposure to like political theories or kind of the background of some of these events that the SLA was trying to like fight against. But if she really had no interest in that kind of stuff, like, yeah, she would have had basically no ground to stand upon to even like insert herself into those conversations, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was a smart idea. Yeah, so now she can do that, mm-hmm. and it works. She starts to smoke with them. She eats dinner with them at the mm-hmm. dinner table, and she starts to say things like oh, marriage is a trap because that's what they believe. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in monogamy. Mm-hmm. And she also says she believes in free love. Um, so An- Angela tells her that she has to express this, like, free love mm-hmm. in order to be a part of the group. And Willie makes it enter her room at night that same day. Yeah. And later in her book, she says that she was raped by Willie. Mm-hmm. But later, like, Willie says that, claims that she actually wanted to sleep with him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, okay. she's the one that's kidnapped. Yeah, I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> Yeah. So later, Patty is asked if she wants to go home or if she wants to join the SLA group. So mm-hmm. they offer her a spot. Is she, yeah. Yeah, like she's in. Um, she thought of going home, but she knew it wasn't really go- an option for her. Mm-hmm. So she chose to join the group. I wonder if they even would let her go home. That's what she was thinking. Right. Like, I wonder if it was... A trap. A trap for her to be, like, for them to be, like, oh, well, is she really, does she really on our side? Does she really want to stay with us? Or is has she been trying to, like, manipulate us by saying all these mm-hmm. things? Because I feel like they just wouldn't, after all of that, like, after that whole thing, knowing she could identify any of them, knowing she could, like, you know, she like could me. tell the police everything that they were talking about, like, after mm-hmm. she's been included in all those conversations, I feel like... They wouldn't have let her go home just because, like, just out of the blue one day. Yeah. Like, I really, I don't think that would have happened. Yeah, I think that's what she was thinking, too. And that's really smart of her Mm -hmm. to think that. Because, I don't know, I feel like given the opportunity, you're just so excited you want to go home. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, they were not going to let her go home, knowing that she has all of this information. Mm -hmm. So she decides to join their group. The SLA then released a tape of Hearst saying, So far, it sounds like you and I and your advisors managed to turn it into a real disaster. The release of the tape let the public know that the girl was still alive, but the next audio tape release from the group shocked the nation. So this was in regards to, like, Randy and the whole, like, fiasco with... Yeah. The food. Um, so 59 day- days later, um, I can't talk right now. 59 days after she was kidnapped, Hearst is heard to say, I have been given the choice of being released or joining the forces of the Siambanese Liberation Army and fighting for my freedom and the freedom of all repressed people. I have chosen to stay and fight. Yeah, like, and I'm sure that was also something that they kind of forced her to say, you know, like... Yeah. If they're manipulating her, they also want to manipulate... The people, people through her. Through her, right. So, I mean, 
Yeah, I do feel bad for her family, like, having to hear that, though, because imagine trying to get to your kid for so long, and then they're like, oh, well, I could go home right now, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then this kind of made the public start to question her and, like, uh-huh. go against her. So she's now, like, now the people definitely don't want me back. Right, exactly. Now that she's said this. So. And that was also probably, like, they probably, these people probably knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, well, just in case, like, let's release Make a, a tape of her saying this because then nobody, like, for real is going to want her back. Mm-hmm. Like... Before, it was just, like, kind of they are convincing her to believe that, but, yeah. And I kind of feel like they're using her as a, like, safety shield, Mm -hmm. almost. Like, now that she's part of the group, maybe they might think the FBI is not gonna, like, come and raid them or something. Or if they did, then they would know they would get a lot of backlash if they just, like, immediately killed, um... Like, everybody. Everybody, so they, yeah... And in the tape, Hearst mentioned that her new name was Tanya. So Tanya was the alias of a woman who fought alongside the Che Guevara in the Cuban Revolution mm-hmm. on April 15th, 1974, just 12 days after the, this announcement. Hearst joined the SLA, and the SLA with Hearst robbed a bank in the Sunset District of San Francisco. So... On security tapes, she is seen holding a sizable M1 carbine semi-automatic rifle popular Mm -hmm. in World War II at the bank's hostages. So when this happened, like, I feel like the public was even more stunned. Yeah. Because now she's seen in action, like, holding a gun. Right. And it seems like she's in on it as much as everyone else Mm -hmm. in the group is. Like, no one's seen holding, like, a gun to her head yeah, or anything. right. It doesn't look like she's being influenced by anybody. She's just doing it out of her own volition. Yeah. And she, again, referred to herself as Tanya and mm-hmm. said, I'm Tanya, up, 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 against the wall, motherfuckers. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and right. two people were coming into the bank during the robbery that day, and they were both shot and wounded. And the bank robbery was a success for the SLA group, and she ended up getting her cut of the money, like, in the van on the Mm -hmm. way back to her new home. Okay. So, um, they turn on the TV when they get back home to see the big news, and they recognize Hearst holding a semi-automatic rifle, Mm -hmm. and this is, like... If it were to go viral nowadays, right. this is, like, back then. Yeah. Like, everyone's, like, everyone's like watching it. the news. Yeah. And this is exactly what this group wanted. Right. It is to, because they want to spread fear. They want to spread, like, news of what they've done. Because otherwise, it's, like, there's really no point, like, to doing what they do if they don't mm-hmm. spread that fear and misinformation. Like, that's the whole point of, like, terrorist groups is to do yeah. that. So, yeah. And there are a few other instances... Where Hearst participated in, like, a legal action, mm-hmm. I guess. And there's another shoplifting incident. On May 16th, 1974, the manager at Mel's Sporting Goods in Inglewood, California. Wow! Yeah, so... <laughs> no way! <laughs> I don't know where that is exactly, but it sounds familiar. I wonder if it still exists. 
I think you it think does. So? Maybe. So the group was now in LA. Love it. Did Maybe. you find it? No, I don't think it exists. <laughs> oh. Maybe it turned into like a dick sporting goods. <laughs> I don't know. So here at the store, they were just supposed to go in for socks, Willie and Emily. Mm-hmm. And Patty was outside in the van just mm-hmm. waiting for them. But Willie wanted to steal from them. Right. So he tried to steal. I don't know what he was trying to steal, but the workers there realized he was stealing and, like, tackled him. Yeah. And then he had guns in, in his pocket. Those fell out. Mm-hmm. And they had tackled him. And Patty sees this through her window. Yeah. And she was like, oh, like, I got it. I have to do something about it. Yeah. Because she was taught by the group, like, once your comrades are in danger, you're supposed to, like... Do something. Yeah, do something. Yeah. Go and protect them. Because they were actually quizzed on, like, different scenarios. Like, what uh-huh. happens if, like, the police is there and right. they're, you know, like, shooting at your comrades? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And, like, yeah. correct answer is always, like, to shoot back and protect your comrades. Right, right. So she knew she had to do this in order to, like, still have their trust. And next thing you know, um, Hurst sees a pile of guns in the car and she discharges them Mm -hmm. into like the direction of the store but points them up at the ceiling so she's not really wanting to hurt anybody just kind of like scare them off right and this allowed uh willie and emily to have time to escape so they got back into the van and they drove off this is like you were just supposed to go in there for socks, and then you just turned it into this whole incident. Big thing. Yeah. You just had to shoplift. I know. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. So the three leave the area and stay in a hotel that night. How are they able to get a hotel? Like, maybe like aliases. I guess, but. Well, like, as long as her... they don't see her. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Because they really don't know what, like, the other people are yeah. like. Yeah. That's just crazy, though. Like, I mean, because nowadays it's like, I feel like it's much more documented. Like, you yeah, know, for who goes sure. Where, more who has surveillance. What. Yeah, there's like videos and like everywhere, you know. So, so they turn on the TV the next day at this hotel they're staying at, and they see the SLA safe house on the news. So this is kind of like their hideout spot. Mm-hmm. And it's covered with a team of about, like, hundreds of officers surrounding the house, preparing to arrest the members of the group. So So, they had found the house. Yeah, it was in L.A. Uh And so how they found them was actually the police found a van near the shootout. And the criminals left in a hurry because they found... So the criminals left, and then the police found a parking ticket. Mm Mm-hmm. That fell from the van, oh. and it had the SLA safe house address. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Why would you use the actual address? Yeah. Dumb, dumb, Well, dumb. that's how they found them. <laughs> this is crazy. 
Some people are so stupid. Yeah, so on May 17th, 1974, the SLA members refused to surrender, even though they were just outnumbered and surrounded by police officers. And a shootout ensued. The police fired tear gas Mm -hmm. canisters into the house, hoping to force the members out. However, the canisters started a fire, which was quickly spreading throughout the building. Mm -hmm. And here, like, Patty and Emily and Willie are seeing this on TV, like, live. So it's like they're, yeah. And they're so lucky that they were not in the house. Right. Like, they stayed at a hotel. Yeah. But they're just watching this live, and they start to see, like, flames. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking, like, if they don't get out now, like, the fire's gonna spread quickly, which it did. But the SLA members were inside the house. They were armed, and they kept firing at the police. Mm -hmm. Like, they were not going to surrender. Yeah. And I feel like that's just... Like, who the group was. Yeah, they, like, brainwashed you to fight to the death. Like, yeah. it was never an option to give mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And, of course, they don't want to seem weak to the public. Mm-hmm. So, they fought till the end. And they're making it difficult for firefighters to get close enough to put out the blaze. Like, because this was not intentional. Right. So, they... But they probably were shooting at the firefighters, too, mm-hmm. who were coming to try and help them. Yeah, so it was just unsafe for mm-hmm. them. So the fire burned for several hours, eventually destroying the entire house. So all six of the SLA members, including the group's leader, Donald DeFries, were killed mm-hmm. in the fire. Which I thought there would be more members in there. I know. That's, but there's only yeah. six. But I feel like they're some of the most important ones, like right. the group leader. Right. And... Patty Hearst was not present in the house, as we know, but people thought that she was. Right, because it's like, if you hear about this whole thing on the news, like, you obviously think that you're not going to assume that she's gone somehow from this house, like, on the exact day that this happens. Yeah. And she was obviously not there, like I said, and the cause of the fire remains controversial. Like, some people are like, oh, it was on purpose. Mm -hmm. Where others are like it was an accident yeah. by the police, so we not we're not really sure. But most experts do believe it was accidental mm-hmm. caused by the tear gas canisters. Mm-hmm. And the surviving members of the group went into hiding after this because they knew like they were after them. Mm-hmm. They wanted to just shut the group down. Mm-hmm. And the police continued to track them down over the following months. And they actually were part of other robberies. They robbed another bank, Mm -hmm. with Patty included. You would think they would, like, lay a little bit lower after this whole thing. Like, your safe house is just burned to the ground. And then, like, you're like, okay, well, let's just go commit another robbery. Like, I feel like you would... Well, they needed to get some cash. Yeah, I mean, I guess. They wanted to get at least $10,000 for... The members that were left. Okay. And they ro- so they robbed a bank in San Francisco. And this was when the attack led cops to the fugitives. Mm-hmm. And Hearst was finally captured and arrested on September 18th, 1975. It was like, if you think about it, like, she was kidnapped in February. and was part of this group until... 
like September of the next of the year. next year, so like a yeah. year and a half. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like she was brainwashed for this mm-hmm. long, and that's when they found the other SLA members in the San Francisco house. The house was surrounded by police, and a gun battle ensued again. But the SLA members this time inside the house eventually surrendered. Mm-hmm. And Hearst was taken into custody. Okay. So now we have the question of was Patty Hearst brainwashed or was the, was this like her own free will? Mm-hmm. Like being part of the group? Like did she enjoy being part of the group and robbing banks? I feel like it's hard to like kind of test that because it's like how do you know if you have been brainwashed? Because if you've truly been brainwashed, like it's going to feel mm-hmm. like your own free will, you know? Like, that's, like, a very hard thing to test To test, for. like, to be like, oh, well, because, yeah, like, it is going to feel like your own free will because you genuinely believe in these things that you're fighting for if you have been brainwashed into believing these things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing that would be different would be like, oh, she'd be like, oh, well, no, I was only doing this to, like, save myself. Like, I had to pretend to do this kind of thing. But it's like, then you don't know. Yeah, no, you don't really just, know. Like, then it's just, like, over then, like, <laughs> and then are you just saying this to save yourself? Like, I mean, you did, like, hold people at gunpoint. So, like, yeah, that's pretty, gra- like, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, so when she was arrested, Hearst weighed only 87 pounds. And a psychologist who assessed her said she behaved like a low IQ zombie. Mm -hmm. A record of her condition and any trauma experience was recorded. Mm -hmm. Her IQ was reassessed at 112. Mm -hmm. And while before the kidnapping, it was 130. Which somehow they knew that. (laughs) And she couldn't remember things about her life Mm pre-kidnapping. She was having trouble sleeping, and she began to smoke almost constantly, all indications of trauma. Mm-hmm. However, this this did little help to help her in trial, and here it was decided that the tapes, letters she wrote, and any other actions after the first bank robbery were evidence of her being an active and willing member of the mm-hmm. SLA. She was said to be acting of her own free will and sentenced to seven years in prison. Okay, that's not that much. Yeah, it's not that (laughs) much. And then U.S. President Jimmy Carter commuted her sentence down to 22 months. That's like even less. Yeah, so Patty ended up being released from prison on February 1st, 1979. Okay. Now a free woman, Patty wrote a book about the experience and was active in many charities and community programs mm-hmm. and the crimes she had committed stayed with her for decades only on then president bill's clinton lasting office was mm-hmm. patty hearst pardoned okay she was granted her civil rights entirely in 2001 mm-hmm. which is actually like 21 years or After, 22 years yeah. later yeah So, do we think that her punishment was justified? Was it enough time? Or should she have served any time at all? And like you said, it's really difficult to prove. Yeah. It's like, I just feel like it's... 
so hard to tell with that kind of stuff because, you know, you're trying to figure out if somebody truly believes in the values that this group is fighting for. And it's like, yes, on the surface, this group might be fighting for, you know, equality and for repressed peoples, which on the surface, that's fine. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a good thing to do. But it's like, then it's hard to tell, well, do you, like, obviously, you know, if you're a good person, you also believe in these values. But it's like, do you believe in them to the extent of taking them this far? Mm -hmm. Like, is that something that you believe in? Or do you only believe in them up to a certain extent? And like... I just feel like it's hard to find the line that's like, well, if you did this thing, obviously you must have it within you to be able to, like, hold people at gunpoint, you know? Like, that's something that you did. But it's like, but also, like, think about, like, the amount of, like, mental trauma that she must have gone Mm -hmm. through when she was, like, locked inside that house for, you know, months. months and months. Like, she must have been subjected to, like, very intense psychological abuse so it's like that also messes with your mind in ways that I feel like we still haven't even been able to figure out Mm -hmm. and I think uh, even if she escaped or like decided to flee when she was the lookout for the Mm -hmm. other two people like what if they found her after like right she would live her whole life in In fear fear. like not knowing yeah they're gonna come after me or my family like who knows if they like they found me once before like they can find me again so on one hand she had clearly participated in a serious in serious crimes threatening innocent bystanders with Mm -hmm. a gun but on the other hand hearst said that she stayed because she was afraid they would kill her if she left or disobeyed her captives yeah which, I mean, that also yeah, makes sense. I think it, yeah, yeah, makes sense. But the group make, made her feel like her family didn't want her back, telling her they were only willing to donate two million rather than the full four hundred million. Right. So just all these things they kept telling her. And when you're in a state of trauma, like panic, like that, like you know, you've just been kidnapped. I feel like your brain searches for anything to kind of rebuild, it, like the sense of where you are and, like, who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, your brain is probably looking for something to cling on to. And if you're constantly being told your family doesn't love you, like, you're going to start to believe it, you know? Like, your yeah. family isn't searching for you. They probably intentionally did not show her news segments of, like, her family mm-hmm. searching for her. Like, they probably only showed her certain things, like... Oh, like, look at this. Like, your dad is only wanting to donate $2 million. Like, he said he's he's not going to donate $400 million. Like, or the footage of his, like, food donation, like, going to disaster, being like, oh, well, look, this is, like, only how much he cares about you. Like, he didn't even, like, think to regulate it, you know? So I'm sure there was, like, things like that. And it's like, you do start to believe it if you're in that situation yeah. and you're trying to reconstruct, like your reality your brain's gonna like connect to things that they're you're being told over and over and Mm -hmm. over again and her family obviously did want her back however this strip feed of information we find the core of how patty was broken by the sla Mm -hmm. and this massacre and the mass suicide that killed 900 members of the people's temple cult wow which we have an episode Connection. on that. <laughs> so this is during the same time. Mm-hmm. 
they put Patty Hearst's actions into a new light, mm-hmm. almost like saying, "Well, if this person can get nine hundred yeah. members to kill themselves, to kill themselves, yeah. brainwashed to participate in a mass suicide by mm-hmm. drinking the Kool Aid." Yeah, it was entirely possible that Patty was also brainwashed, right, into like doing committing what she all did. these acts. Yeah. Which is so crazy. I was like, I have to share this. I know. That's actually really interesting that it connects to mm-hmm. something that we've done before. Yeah. I feel like I never know, like, the timelines of all the things we've done. I know. But when I find a connection, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so this phenomenon even has its name, the Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. So when the vic- victims form a psychological bond with their captives... With the Stockholm Syndrome, a victim will develop positive emotions toward their captor. They even refuse to work with the police mm-hmm. to send the captor to prison. And this syndrome de- syndrome develops when a captor starts to act kindly towards a hostage. Yeah. But there hasn't really been any solid scientific evidence or assessed research mm-hmm. on the syndrome. Like, how do it's they very, assess it for it? It would be hard to do it, yeah. From a psychological viewpoint, it may be a thing, but it's not something that can be diagnosed. So. Interesting. Like, maybe it happened, but they're not sure and they can't prove it. So that's why she was still sent to jail. Yeah. But two months after her release from prison, Hearst married Bernard Lee Shaw, a policeman who was part of her security detail during her time on bail. They ended up having two children. And then Hearst became involved in a foundation helping children with AIDS and is, an, and is active in other charities and fundraising activities. Mm-hmm. And she's been in a few movies. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I feel like, like now she's more like on the down low. Yeah. So whatever happened to her weed boyfriend? She just ditched him, huh? Yeah. She's not interested in him anymore. No. <laughs> She was over him. She was like, I don't like your jeans. <laughs> I don't like that you wear jeans out in public. <laughs> they could never be me. <laughs> I know. I love wearing jeans, especially at work. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the case of Patty Hearst. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, I liked researching this case. Yeah, that was a cool one. That was just, I feel like that's very unique. I haven't ever heard of that. I feel like I did hear about it, mm-hmm. especially the pictures. Once mm-hmm. I saw them, I was like, those look so familiar. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely did not know the whole story. Right. No, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening and tuning in.